Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. And what's really interesting is we have these areas of volume that pop up called volume shelves. And that's really what I want to touch on today is what is a volume shelf? So a volume shelf is just an area where there's a lot of shares holding. This is the How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we have a special lesson for you. I'm putting it here on the podcast because I really believe that this is going to provide you massive, massive value. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And hey, listen, if this podcast was useful to you at all, I really highly suggest that you go check out the full trading course at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey everybody, Jake here with TrendSpider to go over another video in the technical analysis series. Today we're going to go over what is the volume shelf and how can you implement it on TrendSpider. So we've already done a video on volume in general and what is volume um, comparing regular volume on the uh, horizontal axis versus volume on the vertical axis like we see here which is called volume by price. And so the first thing we'll touch on is how can you get this on your chart. So you essentially go to indicators and then you go to volume by price. You just type it in. You'll see it here. You click on it. Uh, then it will come into your uh, list here. You can see here, these are my current settings for the volume by price. So I have 50 price columns. I have uh, the anchor to manual, so I'm manually moving this. And you can see here that I only have the columns turned on. I have everything else turned off. Um, and then the line labels I, I also generally keep off. I'm not sure why that popped up. So um, everyone has their own way of doing this. I like to keep the chart very clean. I don't like a lot of other lines on there generally just because I have an idea of where the VWAP and the uh, point of control is already and I don't really need to see um, the, the values for the volume. I just can see it visually. So these are the settings that I use. If you want to check these out and use them yourself, click apply and then you'll see them on the chart. Now if you just added this indicator, you will need to go into the indicator list here. So see expand indicator list. You click on volume by price. I'm on the 65 minute candle for this particular case study. And so once you turn this on and off, that's how you get the indicator to actually turn on. And then this button here or this uh, feature, you can actually move around. So if you wanted to anchor the volume by price, let's say from this high here, you could do that just as easily. Or if you wanted to move it to the swing high, you could do that. So the way I like to use the anchored volume by price is very similar to how Brian Shannon uses the anchored VWAP. Uh, the anchored VWAP is really something that changed the way I look at the markets. And then I started to apply this particular feature to the anchored volume by price as well. And what's really interesting is we have these areas of volume that pop up called volume shelves. And that's really what I want to touch on today is what is a volume shelf? So volume shelf is just an area where there's a lot of shares holding. 
Generally, people are looking at the point of control when they're looking at the uh, anchored volume by price or the volume by price in general, volume profile. So the volume, uh, the point of control on the volume by price is really only looking at one volume node. With a volume shelf, you can see here I've highlighted this entire range of uh, volume here. It's more or less an area of volume rather than just one particular volume level. So you can see here, anytime that the price is at or above the, um, the, the current volume shelf you're looking at, in this case we say break-even demand and break-even supply, anytime price is right here, this is where volume is really starting to aggregate. This is where buyers are definitely starting to uh, take over or simply sellers are drying up. So you have to remember, based on the supply and demand curves, you don't necessarily always need to have buyers for the price to move up, just like you don't necessarily need sellers for the price to move down. You need a move in and a shift in the supply and demand curves. And for example, you know, in this particular case here, break-even supply, this is an area where as the price starts to move up from this break-even demand zone up to this break-even supply zone, you have to remember that once the price started dropping, let's say from you know uh, the 143 area, as the price moved down, all the way down, let's say, to the 116 zone, and we compare it to where this, this break-even supply is, these shares were holding at a 15-16% at a loss on the common stock. That's a relatively big drawdown for someone that's holding common stock. So as the price catches a bid or as selling dries up, the price starts to uh, consolidate a little bit, and as we move back up, it looks like we're moving up quite a bit, you know, 10%, 11%, 12%. But you have to remember, once the price gets back to this break-even supply zone, these holders are now back to break-even, and that's why we're calling it break-even supply, because these shares are now back to break-even. A lot of people are going to say, well, I just dealt with a drawdown. I have my money back. I'm break-even. I'm getting out. Well, enough people do that, and it adds to the supply side of the equation, and that's how you get... This, uh, this price action kind of stuck because you have to get through all of that friction above, all of those shares that were really waiting to get back to break even. Obviously, not everybody's going to sell once they get back to break even. Maybe some people add, but you'll see that the price really has to um, consolidate here for a while before the next leg up. So this is something that I like to mention as break even supply and break even demand. Anytime the, uh, the price is above this current area, this is going to be break-even demand because now you know the these shares here are around 126, 127 are holding at a 13% profit. If the price starts to drop back down and we drop back down to this break-even demand zone, everybody's back to break-even. So we call this break-even demand because this was the initial demand zone where price caught a bid and started to move up. But as the price gets back down to this area, Everybody who initially was in profit is back to break even, and that's why we're calling it break even demand. And the reason why the price is likely to catch a bid here, or at least, and I don't like to say catch a bid because we don't know if it caught a bid, meaning that buyers stepped in. It could simply mean that all of these people that were just holding at a 12% profit no longer have any profits to sell, and so they are done adding to the supply side of the equation. So anytime the price is above an area like this, we're going to call it break-even demand. Anytime that we start to move into this area above, this is going to be break-even supply initially.
but there's a lot of times where the price can actually move through this area very easily once the market absorbs all of that break-even supply and then this area can easily become an, a demand zone and then move up. So let's say that we do move up and say the price moves up to this next level here where we have some volume at around 156 and then it moves back down this area is now a break-even demand zone because now this area is below where the current price is up at 156 so as this moves back down this break-even supply zone right now then becomes your next break-even demand zone so these areas will change as price action does its thing um, and just just want to highlight really the supply and demand curve shifts just because the price bounces here doesn't necessarily mean we saw an increase in buyers. It simply can mean that supply dried up because there are, there's no one else that's holding a profit since you know mid-October. So you can see here as the price moved down, we're anchoring the volume from here. We're, we're measuring how much volume is occurring at each one of these volume nodes. And then we're essentially seeing where a majority of shares are holding. So in this case, it's around, let's say, 123 up to around 130. And then we have a gap. This is what we call a volume gap, where there's just not a lot of liquidity here. And this is where prices can move very quickly. So if the price did start to move down on the 65-minute candle pretty quickly, um, or started to move down on the 65-minute and uh, broke through this 135 area, there's not a lot of volume below for the price to have to interact with. So what you see is you'll see very quick move downs through these volume gaps and then back down to this break-even demand zone. So um, these are the three things you really want to keep on your chart when you are using the anchor volume by price. Generally, I like to anchor from the swing high. Right now, if we did anchor from the swing low, there's just not a ton of volume, uh, or excuse me, there's not a ton of candles here yet. Generally, I like to have quite a few candles, so the, the volume profile here on the right is a little more fluid. Uh, and it's not clunky because if you do you know do it from here sometimes the volume will be a little clunky and you can see kind of how it's flat right here so I generally like to have a lot of data points and that's why in this case I'm using the swing high but there's also cases where you can use the swing low um, generally I would want to see at least uh, 20 plus candles uh, even more than that so you know technically we could use the swing low here and you can see here that pretty much these levels do not change this is break-even supply uh, now the thing I want to point out here is if we anchor it from the bottom this volume was coming in once we moved up once we anchor from up here we know that a lot of this volume is likely from participants in this particular area right here so you have to remember that it's all relative and uh, using the anchored volume by price is a little bit of an art, just like using the anchor view app is. But these are the things that you want to know. Break-even supply, volume gaps, and break-even demand. Anytime the price is above a volume shelf like this, it's going to act as break-even demand. Anytime the price is moving up into a volume shelf like this, shown in red, this is initially going to act as break-even supply and possibly act as a demand zone if supply dries up. Once we get any uptick in demand, the price is able to move quick. And notice how we have a volume gap above here. So if the price really did start moving through, let's say 145, then you can see that the price is likely going to move rather quickly through this volume gap to possibly test this area above. Now, I do like to use the Anchored View app, as I mentioned in the, uh, the volume video before this. So if you guys do want a little more context on how the volume by price works, definitely check out Volume in the Markets. That technical analysis series really focuses on the difference between the volume on the bottom versus the volume on the right side like we have here. But generally, I do like to anchor the View app 
from here as well. And you can see here, a lot of the time, you'll have a volume gap, but you'll have an anchored VWAP in the middle here. So sometimes this will act as a level of interest, just like it did here in November, uh, early November, on November 9th, where we had this spike, pulled back, and then absolutely gapped down after earnings. So you always want to use anchored VWAP and anchored volume by price when you're looking for these volume shelves. And really, uh, this is the way you can use volume shelves. Just an overview, volume shelf is an area where you have multiple nodes of volume. It's not just one single area. That's why I wouldn't necessarily call this a volume shelf. I would just call it a big area of volume above. However, this is going to act as a break-even supply zone, very similar to how we saw here. So, you know, even though I wouldn't call this a volume shelf, it is still an area where there's a lot of people holding around 156. So as the price gets back up to here, people are back to break even at 156 and likely some people, at least some, will sell, break even, and move on. So hopefully this video was helpful understanding volume shelves, how you can implement them on TrendSpider, and thanks so much for watching and have a great day. Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're gonna find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. <laughs> and the only way I'm gonna be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're gonna get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. TimMinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. TimMinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit TimMinuteStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.